0: Hey there, you're listening to episode 35 of the Beauty Business Podcast. Welcome along to this week's episode. My name is Adam Chatterley and I'm your host here on the Beauty Business Podcast. And if you're new around here, this is the podcast designed to help the independent businesses in the health, wellness and beauty industry to actually reach their business goals through simple, actionable business advice, information and tips as well. We're really all about the foundations here of building an incredible, rewarding, Profitable and above all, stress free beauty business because who wants a business that stresses you out and keeps you up worrying all night, right? Now, today we're talking about making more money, we're talking about profits, something that I think we would all like a little bit more of. But for many beauty business owners out there, profits, real, sustainable, reliable profits remain kind of more of a far off hope than a day to day reality. And as you know, it's part of my mission to change all that. Now, I was recently introduced to my special guest on today's show. His name is Chris Cheney by a good friend of mine, a salon owner based here in the UK. Now, when I actually got chatting to Chris, it turned out that he had worked with some other friends of mine in the industry and helped them to become some of the most successful salons and clinics in the UK. Now, he's not a salon coach or a business mentor. In fact, his background is not even in the beauty industry at all. But what he does do is help business owners, specifically salon, spa and clinic owners, to take their business from where it is now to making money or making more money as quickly and as reliably as possible. Does that sound good? Well, I won't keep you in suspense any longer. Let's jump straight into today's conversation and I'll be back at the end with all the links and information that you're going to want after you hear this. Okay, so welcome to the show, Chris. Thank you, Adam. Thanks very much for having me. No problem at all. So you and I actually became connected through a good friend of mine, Claire Cockle. Hi, Claire, if you're listening. Uh, Now, as anyone who reads any of my articles or are avid listeners to the podcast? know, I rarely make recommendations or interview people that I don't know personally or that I haven't worked with directly. However, when uh, Chris and I first had a catch-up and you told me about some of the other clients you worked with, it was like, how on earth have we never spoken to each other before? Because, I mean... Phil Jackson, who's a previous guest on the show, an incredible hair salon owner, business coach, and also a good friend of mine. Um, He's one of your clients, isn't he? Yes. Uh, Susan Routledge, another incredible salon owner, amazing business mentor, previous guest and friend of the show, Uh, is another client. And Claire Cockle, that we just mentioned, who hasn't yet been on the show, but is going to be on the show in a couple of weeks' time, as well as quite a lot of other fantastic both beauty salon and hair salon owners that I know and work with. They're all clients of Chris. So so when I when I heard about that and I heard about that client list, I was like, well, they don't come much better than that. So I have to talk to this person and, and find out what it is that that they're doing with clients. So I am very, very pleased to have you on the show. Thank you very much. And, um, and yeah, so our
1: journey started about um, four years ago and we're really excited about the future of CDC accounting and how we're helping salon owners take control um, and I hope that we're able to um, inspire people to
0: take action, to look at their numbers um, through this through this podcast. Awesome. Awesome. So you, you hinted a little bit there at what it is we're going to be talking about, but I've not really given too much away. Um, other than obviously the the title of this episode, which we've still to decide on um about exactly what we're talking about today and just how you work with clients and what it is that you do for them. So, I wanted very much to leave that to you to explain in your own words, so to frame exactly what it is we're going to be talking about today, obviously we're going to be talking a bit about numbers. Chris, can you give us a bit of a bit more of a history, a bit more about how you started? out, where you came from, how you got to working in the world of salons and spas, and indeed leading us into what it is that you do and what it is that you specialize in now.
1: Yeah, so CDC was born in April 2014, and essentially it derived from helping my own salon be the success that it is. Um, But that's that's where we started off if we wind the clock back, um, to sort of 2008, which is when, um, my wife and I started a salon, um, that's really when my education started in the world of salons. Uh, my wife was a nurse and um, she qualified as a nurse in 2004, I think it was. Uh, and she was a staff nurse for four years, but she always had a passion for being a beauty therapist Uh, when she spoke to her career advisors they said you're far too clever to be a beauty therapist go and be a nurse Um, which she did but she but she had a big passion for for it and decided working in the NHS isn't for me she did night classes literally qualified and we bought a salon called Pink's Nail Bar and Beauty Salon Um, both of us having no business experience at all um, my history, I've always been a corporate accountant working in an accountancy role, but it was more industry. I worked for a large global uh, global organization uh, and I was a financial analyst and I had my head buried in spreadsheets all day, really going into the nitty gritty of how a business needs to make profit, what needs to be done to get from where we are now to where we want to be uh, and working with, you know, really high high corporate individuals within the business Um and you know, traveling to Europe as well and, and doing presentations for senior management and, and things like that. So to come from that to now doing what I'm doing now, I think it's been perfect in a way because I've gone to so much detail with numbers that now I was bringing that to my life um, in the salon world. But what I was finding um, was that especially with, uh, with my wife, she wasn't really interested in the numbers. Um, and I, I was trying to make it as simple as I could. Um, but not, no matter how simple I made it, it wasn't really her priority. It was all about the next big thing, the next new product line, the next Sandra Pay Tan machine. Um, and it was, it was really hard for us to have some real synergy to make the business work. And, and in fact, in the first three or four years, we didn't make any money. We got uh, we got into a lot of debt, um, and the business was being ran based on passion and um, based on you know this this power for I want to do this and I will achieve it, um, but it, not on how you should run a business, which is planning and budgeting and measuring your performance. Um so it took a it took a long time for us to sort of understand that and, and understand what the KPI percentages should be to have a successful business. Um so then when she let me um when she let me in and started to realize that you know you can't just keep getting into debt, you've got to think about making money. Uh, I was able to put a few simple systems in place so that she felt like she was in control. It wasn't just me saying this is what you need to do or this is this is how much she should be spending um she was actually in control of her own destiny
0: it was just that i had given her a system to achieve that got it and presumably you you'd clarified why that system needed to be in place and 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 that was all on board and everything
1: yeah i mean she's she, she's a great one for having goals um, but she couldn't achieve any of them because she wasn't making any money um so she's very passionate uh, about what, what her life will look like when her business is done sort of thing. Um, so yeah, it, it it was a real big education. And we were working with another coach at the time um, and Sarah went off and she had our second child and I took over, the, she used to have a weekly call with him. And when I took over the calls, he said, um, show me what you do, Chris. So when I showed him what I did for pure perfection, he his response was, if you do what you do for pure perfection for other salon owners, you've got the power to change their lives. Yes. And, and at that moment, my, my whole thinking changed. And I was like, I've got to do this. I'm doing yeah. a disservice to the salon industry by not by not offering what we've got to offer. Um, and so the next day I went into work, handed in my notice. Um, wow, the next day. The next day, handed in wow. my notice uh worked out my notice, and um and then I attended ZeroCon 2013 um which sounds very boring to most <laughs> um, but it's uh it's an accountancy software cloud based accountancy software and uh, and the cloud was relatively new back then it wasn't uh, it wasn't really in in most people's radar um but it was there I met uh, I met the Zero uh, the Zero staff and I also met um the staff on the Receipt Bank exhibition stand and I was just like, wow, you know, I I can do this for for my salon, and not just salons in my local town. I can help salons all over the country by using this software that is available to us. And you know, it just it just had so much desire burning in me to see how many people I can help and and um, how much better their lives can be um, with the. Um, with a level of su- level of
0: support that we can give them. That's amazing. So interesting. So your wife's passion became the trigger for your own passion. Yes, absolutely. How interesting. That's fantastic. Now, so yes, you mentioned there that you're an accountant, uh, but it, it it isn't just accountancy now that you offer the clients that you work with, is it? No. Now, so, there are lots of other things as well, and and I've learned this as well because Chris and I have had a, a few conversations and, and things like that. So, um, so I've learned about some of these things. It's all very exciting, which is why I wanted to bring Chris to the show and and to to share some of these things with you. Now, to get things started, um, I happen to know Chris that you and I share a belief that um, a lot, like your wife, like you say, if not most salon owners, spa owners, clinic owners, whatever, uh, are really not planning to achieve what it is that they really want from their businesses. They're sort of, a lot of salons, I think, are driven by passion and people just kind of go into it and they just, they want it to work and and they want to help people. It's very much all given from a point of serving, but they're not really planning to get where they want to be. It's just kind of, I must, I must do it. I think I, I call it um, surviving. I think you said it's existing, um, but we're both on that same page there. So. So, when you're asked about this with your clients, or you, or you discover this working with a client, you know how do you tackle that? So, it's yeah,
1: like you said, it it is a great question, and clients they just feel they just feel trapped in their business, and they feel like they're the ones that have to do everything. They haven't learned the art of delegation. Um, they're the highest earners usually in their salons, and um, so they haven't got the time to really. Plan their business or plan their life. Even um, you find that they're working really hard and not getting the returns that they deserve. Um, so quite often um, we came up, we we developed a tool um, called it the Dream Calculator, and it's a really simple simple idea. Um, it, it's kind of like you, you look at how a salon is performing now uh, and what their net profit is, and then you say, okay. Um, well, what if you did these extra things on a monthly basis? You know, we actually get them to choose. What would you like to do on a monthly basis that you're not doing already? So they type these things in and how much that costs. And then we say, well, what are your sort of one-off goals, your big goals for the next couple of years? Uh, So it might be a holiday or a home extension or a new car. So they put these things in and they give it a deadline of when they want to achieve it by. So then by putting all this information in, we can work out, well, your sales are this for you to have this then your sales need to be this and then we can break that down by um, you know annually, monthly, weekly, daily then we can break it down by team member and we can sort of give the salon owners team the power to help the salon owners achieve their dreams
0: love it so it's called the dream calculator but it's kind of it's kind of like the dream calculator slash roadmap to get where you really want to be. That's brilliant. I love that. That's fantastic. And your clients then, when they see this, do you think that most of the time makes it easier for them to see a path to get there? Or does it tend to scare people or is it sort of a mixture of both?
1: I think it does scare people because it's like, wow, it's actually that simple for my dreams to come true <laughs> as, as long as I keep control of my costs. Because it's not always about increasing sales. Quite often people's profits are not where they need to be um, and very often it's because they're spending too much.
0: But you'd say it's, it's, it's more of a, it's, it's a positive experience more often than not when they go through it. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because but you come up with this magical figure uh, and then, um, and then you can put the plan into place for well, what is, what does my salon need to do, daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, and as long as, long as um, the salon owner is, is making sure that that happens, there's no reason why
0: they can't do the things that they really want to That's do. I mean. No, that makes a lot of sense. I Love that. Love a good tool to uh, to help achieve your goals. So you mentioned there as well. So this this dream calculator, it sort of takes the the desires, the things that the salon owners want, and help them break that down not only into sort of monthly and weekly goals, but also by their staff as well, which is obviously an important part of things. Because again, like you mentioned, the owners tend to be the highest earners, not certainly not always the highest paid, but the, the highest earners in the business. Um, and I imagine a lot, a large part of achieving those goals that are that are clarified by the Dream Calculator, I imagine a lot of that involves effective management of staff and and working in a team all things that most salon owners probably haven't ever been trained in would that be right
1: yeah i'd definitely say so yeah
0: awesome so do you have any other tools or systems that you've helped to that you've created to help manage staff and and for a non-trained salon owner to to be able to help them get the most out of their teams in their business to to help them get to where they want to be
1: yeah i mean one of the things i mean we, we again these things need to have a name we decided to call it the huddle system um right. and it was something that we learned on a on a business course whew, I, I don't know exactly 2011 2012 and it was a course that was put on by um gerard international they supply the, they supply okay. the jessica jessica nail yes. varnish um and we decided that the guy who was running the course we decided to take him for a day's consultancy and um he uh, he explained all this to us and we were just such a simple idea and um, we were blown away by it and I, I, I can, can categorically say it's the one thing that has took our business it's the one biggest thing that has took our business from where it is now from where it was then to where it is now um, and it's, it's a simple process you come in in the morning you tell your staff what you expect of them that day In terms of uh, revenue, you show them what they've already got booked in. They may have already have achieved their target by the appointments that they've got booked in. But then you tell them this is what you've got to generate. So it's not like saying, OK, you've got £400 to achieve today. What you're actually saying is you've got £60 to achieve today because there might already be £340 coming in in service sales. So they might have 10 clients for that. So they've got to th- think how they can achieve that extra 60 pound from those 10 clients. Now I'm not I'm not talking about selling here because I really hate the word selling. Um, but it's about providing the service that people have booked in for. So if if they've booked in for a facial and they and they want the results to last at home, they're gonna have to take some products with them. Um if if they've um booked in for a, a treatment, um but they've got a bit of extra time and they really want to feel have it a bit more luxurious then they can upgrade to them um so yeah so it's not it's not about selling it's about recommending and it's about doing um doing what the clients helping the clients achieve the results they want to achieve from the
0: visit to your salon absolutely we're definitely on the same page there there's Couple of episodes ago, we had Daniela Werner on talking about exactly the same thing in terms of retail. So, so we're all coming from the, the same place there. So, in this, this because you call it the huddle system. So you sort of you're, you're laying out the goals for the staff for that day, what they need to achieve. Is there any kind of system in there to to help them see how they can do that? So, as well as just clarifying the numbers, is there any sort of facility in there to help them say, okay, well, do do you actually look at their specific bookings for that day and help them see where they can achieve those?
1: Yeah. So we've got a big area where the girls um, or boys fill in what their daily plan to achieve that target is. And then there's, there's a review meeting, uh, ideally with a clinic manager uh, or salon manager. And uh, in our salon in particular, Cheryl is uh, is on top of the game already. She knows um, the clients that are coming in and she knows the opportunities, as, as most salon managers would do. Um, and she can give hints and tips for how to get there. Um, so that that's our process, and and then they they will carry this round with them on a daily basis. So that when a client they leave a client on the bed, they can just double check their notes um, and, and stuff like that, and just just make sure that they keep on top of making the experience and the results the best that they can be.
0: Love it. Yeah, it's, it's it's amazing these simple little things. And how long did you say that takes? You do this every day?
1: Yeah, every day. We 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 pay our staff an extra half an hour a day. Um, to come in so they're not just coming in and walking straight onto the floor they're coming in they're taking their coats off They're, you know we've got daily checklists that we go through you know turn the wax pots <laughs> on you know simple things like that make sure everything's uh set up make sure the heating's on um and then we have 15 minutes where they sit down and go through all of this information and then they have a five ten minute get together where all the teams sit together um and Charles is generally directing the meeting and making sure that they all understand what their daily targets are, who the clients they've got coming in, um, and what the opportunities
0: are. Awesome. Love that. Um and I think you also mentioned you've got you put a system in place to do with rotors as well.
1: Yeah. Um well that that's how we that's how we calculate um all of our budgets, all of our um huddle targets type of thing. Again, it's another simple process. We've just got a spreadsheet and we have three columns. So a normal column, another column, and a holiday column for each staff member. So normal is that available to clients. Other is that they aren't, so more for receptionists and things like that. And holidays, they're not available, but they still need paying. Um, So we can use that to pay our wages. But also it feeds our daily huddle system. But also it feeds our weekly, monthly cash flow forecasts so we can see where our cash if if we hit our targets and we spend how we say we're going to spend then we can see our cash where it's going to be in 6 12 months time and that is you know cash is king isn't it it's all about it's it's all about the cash so if we can see that you know we've got 5000 pounds in the bank today but in 6 months time we could have 25,000 pound in the bank. I mean, I know what I'd do. I'd be working towards
0: hitting that 25,000 pound. So that's interesting. So the rotor system feeds into everything else or feeds off from everything else. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Love that. Brilliant. Fantastic tools. Now it would be wrong to have such an expert in salon numbers with us and not talk about this topic, which I think is safe to say, I think all beauty business owners from, you know, even solo practitioners right up to spa owners struggle with numbers to one degree or another. Um, I mean, from my point of view, I think it comes from the fact that no two businesses, no two salons or spas are the same. And There's always different criteria in there. So, So it isn't like there's one playbook to be able to work from. So I think there's always going to be questions around this. So should we get into some money talk? Okay. Awesome. So you're the expert here. So where should we start? When it first comes to Um, When you work with your clients, I guess the dream calculator is, I guess, really the start of this. But once you've mapped out those things, where do you then move on to next? Do you do you look at the business's existing numbers or do you go straight to kind of creating a budget from scratch?
1: Well, I mean, it depends if it's a a client we're just we're just working with on a consulting basis. So we are just going there helping them set systems up or whether we're working with clients on on an ongoing basis because we have different packages to suit and to suit all people. But essentially um, we look at what um again, again we'd use our rotor system, so we'd look at what staff um people have available. Um and then we'd set out what their daily, weekly targets would be. And th- and then we can um multiply that by the number of weeks in a year, um, allowing for some downtime. Um and just um, and just then basically just times in those figures by some simple KPI percentages and saying, "Well, this is this is potentially what you'd spend on stock, on wages, on rent and rates, on sundries, on VAT, uh, and things like that." And then we can measure that monthly against uh, against the budget. Me- measure their actual performance against the budget.
0: Excellent. So, you, so you set the targets and you create the budgets from there. Yeah. So, um, you mentioned some KPIs there. So, in terms of KPIs. What what do you, with your clients, what do you kind of suggest are the numbers to measure? What should they measure? When should they measure them? How do they do that and how often?
1: Weekly, at least, <laughs>
0: <laughs> if they can. Um, generally, when you set a rotor
1: and um, you've got your percentage for stock, for example, uh, another, th- another thing I didn't mention is what we do for our clients is it's all right having our huddle system. Uh, but then what we've got is our sales performance analysis report, which is what we send people weekly. So uh, this is so that that again has got its own set of KPIs uh, that we help people measure. Um, but by by producing that report, um, we can tell people how much they need to save for certain areas. And it's essentially it just gets you to think about well,
0: what do I actually need? So, going back to the KPIs then, so can you give us a couple of the examples of the things that are on your, what do you call it, the sales performance analysis report?
1: Yeah, sales performance analysis, so they can get all this information from the computer system, but if it's not being presented to them, they they, they won't do it. Um, so, we've got a target per staff member, and uh, the actual sales achieved, and the difference. Utilization is a big one, so... Um, I don't agree that staff should be like 100% utilised because they can't do they can't do their job properly. They can't do the upgrades or the home care um, really well. Um, so I then there's a rebooking percentage. So big big thing for people. Um, you know, if
0: they're not utilised
1: enough, generally it's because they're not rebooking their clients. Out,
0: out of curiosity, what's your what's your target for rebooking? I'd I'd love 60%. 60%. Wow, that's brilliant. What do you say? Um I do, do you know what it's it's something that uh so few spas actually measure or or even have uh, a decent facility to measure that it's it's not something I've ever kind of settled on a target for. I'm just to be honest, I'm happy with most of my clients who they're actually measuring it. <laughs> so so and keeping an eye on it and obviously improving it to to where it wants to be. I would say um I mean I've I think I I did a, a video post on this uh, a few weeks ago and certainly my findings have been that if you if you ask every client, so if you ask 10 clients if they'd like to rebook, typically seven of them are going to say yes. Um, two of them are going to reschedule or cancel um, and one of them is not going to show up. So I think you end up with, f- out of every 10, four people actually show up for their bookings. So if, yeah, if, if sort of a 40 to 50% um, rebooking rate. I'd be very happy with that. Actually, comes in within an eight-week period and has their has their appointment. I'd be very, very happy with that. So that's interesting. Cool. Okay. So I cut you off there. What was your next one going to be? Uh, the
1: the next one was Care Factor. So for the clients that have come in for a service, how many of them are walking out with a home care product? Oh, okay, I like that. Yeah. Um, average visit, an obvious one. Average revenue per hour.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and yeah, they're they're kind of the the key ones really.
0: And you measure this for each member of staff individually? Yes. Okay, that's cool. So that you can then obviously kind of benchmark them against each other, I suppose.
1: Benchmark them against each other and also um, see if the targets need to be increased or try and understand why why one one's average visit is a lot lower than the other. Okay. Whereas they're essentially doing the same things. Um,
0: so, yeah. That's cool, really smart, because I guess every salon's always going to have a top performer in terms of something or other, so you're always going to have the person who's you know booked all the time or sells way more retail than everyone else and what I love about doing it in that kind of way is that um you know if you're, if your team's working as a team. Uh, and it's not like every man for himself, you know, that 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 top performer in the utilisation or the top performer in the rebookings can actually just pass on what they're doing to the others and, you know, help lift everyone up that way. So it's a really clever way of doing things. I love that. OK, so the next thing I'd like to talk about is the fun, as always, topic of tax. Um, you know, it's a, it's a big thing, obviously, for all businesses and, and for salons as well. Um so I think you mentioned a little bit ago your advice in terms of how to save for tax. So let's start with that. What's what's kind of your uh, your general advice for salons on the best ways to save for the tax?
1: Yeah, the just hand take hand. the money out of your bank and put it somewhere else. So as soon as it comes in, take <laughs> it out,
0: put it somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere. Right, okay. <laughs>
1: it's it's one of it's one of the key KPIs on on the uh, sales performance analysis. Um Especially the VAT, because you feel like it's your money. You've oh, received yeah. that cash, <laughs> it's mine, and uh, and you don't you don't want to let go of it. But then all of a sudden, three months passes, and you've got to find another fifteen grand that you haven't saved for. Um, so you've really just got to get get into the habit of um, of setting that money aside. It's not yours, <laughs> as much as you want it
0: to be. It's not as much yours. as you want it
1: to be. It's not yours. Um, put that separate. Don't touch it. Um, generally there's a a ratio of 13% for VAT in particular in the industry um so if you were to take 13% of your weekly sales and put that into a separate bank account then you're
0: going to be covered for VAT just want to interrupt here to bring you a very quick word from our sponsor and while we're talking about investing in your business in order to make more money sometimes you might need a quick injection of funds for your salon or spa to help you get to where you want to be even quicker well that's where the cabbage card can help you to simplify and cover all your expenses in one place Now, the Cabbage Card is linked to a line of credit, just like a loan, but easier to organize, of up to $250,000, giving you the flexibility to make any purchases with cash, with check, or wherever credit cards are accepted. Now, you can easily apply online to get a quick decision. There's no lengthy forms to fill in, and then you can access the amount that you need for everything from supplies and stock to equipment, bills, and even travel expenses. And don't worry, you're in safe hands too, because Cabbage has already funded more than $4 billion to small businesses. They're trusted by over 130,000 businesses and are A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. So to get the security of a line of credit with the convenience of a card, visit cabbage.com forward slash beauty business and because they're such good friends of the show you'll get a hundred dollar gift card simply for qualifying so why not do it now but remember to get the hundred dollar gift card you need to go to cabbage with a k so that's dot com forward slash beauty business Credit lines and pricing are subject to periodic review and change. This is not a revolving account. Individual requests for capital are separate installment loans. All cabbage business loans are issued by the Celtic Bank, a Utah-chartered industrial bank, and a member of the FDIC. Okay, let's get back to today's episode. You mentioned there about VAT. Um, obviously, if people are listening elsewhere in the world, VAT is is the the essentially the, the sales tax in the UK. Um So it's going to apply. It's going to have different names all over the world, but it's going to apply everywhere. Now in the UK, there's a a VAT threshold underneath which you don't have to charge for VAT as a business um, over which you you have to. They can volunteer at various different levels. But recently I've had a, a few conversations with salon owners who've kind of operated... Under that threshold, and and they've obviously been doing some things right because their business has grown, um, and they've suddenly co- come up against hitting that threshold, or, or or have snuck over it in a certain business year. Now they're suddenly panicking and sort of going, "Well, you know, I've now got to lose twenty percent of everything that I I make." Do you have any sort of uh, strategies or tips or, or ways to deal with that kind of thing that you've come up with clients before?
1: Obviously, it's a really big hit when you when you're growing a business and you you get over the 85,000 which is um what you need to turn over in a 12 month period um once you get over that then yeah well you lose 20% but you gain a bit back on your on your um purchases which where the, where the VAT was included um so the average is around about 13% so a, a salon owner would would automatically overnight they'd lose 13% of their profit
0: okay. so that's sort of some good news it's not necessarily 20% that you're losing because obviously you are able to claim money back on the purchases you make so it's a little bit more like thirty percent so straight away it's not quite as scary a figure but that's still a significant Mm. amount of money Um, so I guess really in terms there it's going to come down to right you suddenly need to be even hotter on your numbers even hotter on your targets because you know if you creep over that threshold it is going to hit you hard what you really need to do is at the point you realize you're going to discover you could sorry at the Point you realise you're going to go over that threshold in the 12 month period, you really kind of need to leap over it to to stop it having a major effect on your business.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really. It's you've got to probably be double, double the double the VAT threshold. So probably about 170,000, so that you don't feel it anymore. So you don't feel that that hit. Uh, and the, and the other thing is, don't wait until you've hit the VAT threshold to charge properly. Your prices have to be as if you are already VAT registered, oh, if that
0: makes sense. It does make sense. And you just said the magic word of prices there, which can usually set me off on a rant for about half an hour, but I'll try and contain myself this time around. Yeah. So yes, I mean, obviously the the best advice here is is always charges if you're paying VAT. Um, but I guess that's not the most helpful advice if you suddenly find yourself having not done that and you hit the threshold. So So really, I guess the advice here is a, don't panic. You know, it's not actually 20% you're going to lose. You are going to, you know, you are going to lose some, but it's not necessarily 20%. Um, and then you just need to do everything you can in terms of planning to to get way past that goal so it doesn't have that full 10%, sorry, 13% yeah. effect on
1: you. As, as soon as possible. As soon as possible. Um, and and I, have, I have heard a lot of salons that when they realise they're getting up to that level, um, some of them have changed into a... Um, self-employed basis salon. Um, I, I, I don't necessarily think that that's the right thing, especially if you've got a brand of a business that you're looking to push forward and you've got a real why for being in business and clients are coming to you for essentially for the wow experience. You, you, you then can't offer that because staff work for themselves, not for you. So you can't tell them what to do.
0: Oh, I'm with you. So, I'm with you, so you're saying that owners shift over and stop employing their staff, they, they yes. make themselves yeah, employed. exactly. Okay. Yeah, There's as with most things in business, there's going to be some good things about that, but yeah, you, you're going to struggle to, like you say, have them retail correctly and, yeah. and provide those kind of things. So there's good points and bad points, but yeah, I'm with you. I don't think hitting the thresholds would cause you to change your business model other than to um, improve your improve your looking at your numbers, improve your systems, improve all those kind of things to really kind of maximize what it is that you're doing. Yeah. Cool. I think that's some brilliant advice there, Chris. Now what I just do want to touch on there is because we, we tried to keep it kind of light. We didn't get too deep into the numbers there, which we said we wanted to do on purpose. Um, There's clearly some numbers that you can get really deep into there. There's obviously lots of things when it comes into tax implications and, and all those kind of things. So, if numbers really isn't your thing. I mean, I think any business owner needs to be, needs to have a good relationship and a good knowledge of the numbers that helps them run their business. But when it really gets into things, certainly when you start to earn significant money around about the area that we're talking about of of hitting that tax threshold, you know, possibly that's the point where we're really working with an accountant, someone like yourselves, is is really going to actually have a very positive effect on the business. Is that sort of something you'd say?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and the great thing about... Um, the systems available these days it makes it really easy for you to have some level of control of your numbers, um, especially with the salon softwares, but also the um, the accounting software that's available these days. Um, you know, if if you do want to have full control of it, then you can work with this software, and um, you know, even with a bit of guidance from us, you can take control. Um, but then, of course, for those that want that that extra hand holding. Where they're from we're there from um, the whole time we're there to uh, ensure that they understand uh, where they're heading and um, what they need to do to get there that they do get there essentially
0: yeah and that is the thing as well I think a lot, a lot of people look at accountants and maybe just see them as they're going to ask difficult questions and, and and make their life hard but but realistically accountants as, as well as a lot of kind of business advice services are there to, to help you actually achieve what it is that you want to do you know they're not just going to come along and cause you problems. You know, they're going to make sure that you're conforming to things and everything like that, but you know they're actually going to help you get to where you want to be. So, if you look at it as an investment like that, then you know, that's surely the the right way to do things. Yeah,
1: I mean, you've hit the nail on the head there. It's it's not to think of your accountancy fee as a as a cost. You you've got to think of it as an investment. Um because it is an investment in in your business getting to where you want it to get to. Um, we, we can't do everything on our own. Um, there's not enough time in the day. Um, and if you can find the right accountant that understands you, your personal goals, your business goals, your desires, then they're, they're the people that can really hold your hand, keep you accountable, and make sure you get there.
0: Cool. Now, before we let you go, I'm just going to ask you one for a couple more tips. So, you obviously work with a lot of clients yourselves, you work with a lot of clients in this industry. Um, what tips would you give to someone if they were either looking for an accountant or looking to get the most out of how they work with their accountant?
1: Um,
0: I would make sure
1: that you can speak to them on a personal, you get on with them personally, um, because not all accountants are like how you see accountants. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, I've been to Xerocon uh, now every every year since 2013, and we have a party at the end of day one not all accountants are boring i'll tell you that <laughs> <laughs> and i think um i think just have a have a personal conversation with them let them know your your desires and interests i i hear horror stories from people that have come to us and their accountants just treated them like like dogs essentially uh r- really poorly um uh, but it, it, it doesn't have to be that way um just make sure you can speak to them on a personal basis, make sure they understand you and, and what you're trying to achieve and just, you know, make sure that they, um, they live up to their promises. You know, they say they're going to send you this information or they say they're going to support you to do this, that and the other. Keep
0: them accountable as much as what they're keeping you accountable. I'm with you. Yeah, I always say treat them as a member of the team. They're not They're not that person that you speak to once a year when it's time to do your accounts. You know, they, they're a member of your team. Their opinion is as valid as anyone else's. And certainly if it's someone like you who's in the industry, works with other clients, there's often, they've probably seen struggles that you're going through before and have either seen solutions to it or helped provide solutions to it so you know ask for their advice that's very much what they're there for and like i say more often than not they actually want to help
1: oh definitely we you know especially in my case we had a business that wasn't uh, wasn't making money and, and i've seen i've seen lots of businesses that are not making money or not making enough money um i find it upsetting because they're putting all this effort in all this hard work and they're not seeing the rewards at the end of it and um, so i love uh, I love uh, working with people and helping them really take the pressure off their shoulders and start enjoying what they're doing.
0: Love it. Excellent. Awesome. That's fantastic. I think there's so much great information there. And it's been, Chris, has been really refreshing to hear someone other than me and far more qualified than me talking about beauty business numbers, stats, and data in such, a, in such a clear and easy to understand and applicable way as this. So I think it's a really good place to bring things to a close. Um, but, Chris, you know, clearly you've got a lot of knowledge. You've got a lot of systems and things in place. And thank you so much for your time today. I I imagine you've answered quite a lot of people's questions just in the things that we've talked about here. But you've probably also raised some new ones for others, which is a good thing, I think, if it helps people create the businesses they dream of. So if people want to connect with you, Chris, what's the best place for people to to find you, quiz you, challenge you, all of those kind of things? Where's the best people, place for people to find you?
1: So we're on Facebook um cdc accounting uh, we also have a website which is cdc um, you can call our office on 01978 861196 and um, schedule an appointment with me um, you can email us um on chris at cdc um then there's obviously linkedin you're everywhere basically we're we're (laughs) everywhere just like everybody else
0: i will make sure i put all those for
1: me you'll find me (laughs) you'll find you
0: i'll make sure i put all of those links and everything in the show notes pages so anyone who's interested can track you down really really easily yeah cool excellent so what's what's kind of next for you what's the what are you working on at the moment anything big that you've got coming up
1: yeah we're, we're, we're we've been working on systems quite a lot lately um, internally, just making sure our systems are, are really bob on, and I'm seeing s- so much more productivity within my t- my team, um, and that's opening up our eyes to to how many people how many people we can help um, based on our current team and, and where we need to build underneath so so that we can reach more people. Um, I'm not looking to work with thousands of salon owners, not even hundreds of salon owners. That I'd like to work with, um, enough salon owners that I still know the names and their husband's names and their children's names, and that we can build a relationship with them. Um, and, and some, they would be, um, larger clients, million pound plus salons that, that really want that one-to-one service and um, that consultancy service. Um, and then we'll have levels underneath that where where I'm still touching their business on a monthly basis, but I've got a great team here of accountants and bookkeepers, um, and and really nice people. We've we've took a lot a lot of time to um, employ the right staff, uh, and I've read a few books lately about um, you know talking about A players and and how effective they are, and and it's so true. You know my business wouldn't be wouldn't be half of what it is now if I didn't have some great, great team members um, working with me. Um, and we're just just looking to de- to, to develop on that really, um, to make sure that we're working towards our business goals, developing our staff um, so that they're the best that they can be. Um, and yeah, that, and that's what I tell my clients to do with their staff. Don't see them as a threat that if you train them, they'll just run off and Set up their own salon, um, because just think about how it was when you set up your salon. It was hard, right? So, uh, so it's it's not the it's it's not the easiest thing just going off and uh, setting up your own salon. So so treat your staff like like you treat your child. <laughs> you want to develop them to be something special, and more
0: often than not, they will be special for you. Absolutely, now, there's, there's an amazing quote that I wish I could just hold in my head at all times. It's it's a Richard Branson quote about. Uh, something something like, train your staff well enough so that they can leave, but treat them well enough that they want to stay. I've probably butchered that. So I will put the actual quote in the show notes page, but it's a fabulous, fabulous quote. And it's it's very much the way he's always built his business. And I think it's the way that everyone should, you know, you know, treat your staff so that they, you know, train them so they can go off and do their own thing, but just treat them well enough so they stick around. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you. Thanks very much for having me. Really appreciate being here. And I will just say, it's no accident that... Some of those people that I mentioned at the beginning of the show, Susan Routledge, um, uh, Phil Jackson, Claire Cockle, it's no accident that they are the successful salon owners and they have worked with Chris. So if numbers are your uh, your stumbling block, if numbers are something you want to get a handle of in your business, I highly, highly recommend you give Chris a call, uh, get in touch with him, and uh, I'm sure he can help you out. Brilliant. Thanks, Chris. So there you go. Loads of really great simple things that you can implement into your business to start making those little differences to cash flow that can end up as big improvements in your profits and your earnings. Now, Chris really knows his stuff and I highly recommend that you check out his website and his Facebook page. Links to which you can find on the show notes pages at www.beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash episode 35 or click the link in the podcast description summary thingy on your phone now thank you so much for listening along to today's show i know how busy you all are and how precious everyone's time is so i really do appreciate you taking the time to come back here and listen to the show Don't forget, you can show your love for the podcast by leaving me a rating or a review on iTunes. Just head over to iTunes, or I think you can even do it on the podcast app on your phone these days, or the mobile phones and podcast applications are available. Give me an honest star rating out of five. And if you have a spare 30 seconds, leave me a bit of a review. Even tell me what you'd like to hear more of or more about on the show. So that's all for me for this week. Don't forget to check out the show notes pages for all the links and more information from today's episode. I'll see you again next week.